season three, uh, episode 11. Damn, that was hard. Uh, Euphoria, this is the playoff special part two. We're gonna have three teams today. You guys might know the familiar. Joining us first up is Vitaly Suzuki and Kyle Wishard. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello. Uh, before we get into you guys, uh, housekeeping, you know, start of the day stuff, timestamps in the description if you are on YouTube. Uh, you can also find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify. This is, yes, this is how we're sitting. Very stern pose. If there is a podcast app you would like us to be on that we are not on, um, let us know. Since we've gotten on Spotify, I've gotten less of those messages, but let us know. We can always try to get somewhere else too. Bet updates. Frost Quickshot Tattoo Challenge is alive and well. Uh, the spicy best of five breakdown challenge cadre one uh it does need to be recorded and the playoff bracket bet is continuing today as we will get more of our six playoff teams playoff bracket now you already know Cabo and jizuke from vitality are here blipo from fanatic uh it was originally slated to be perks and caps from g2 but due uh to some illness from perks we are just going to have caps today but that's enough of that that gets that got us started frost so now we get to talk to our boys from I just have to say, Cabo, you are a very hard man to get a hold of. Yeah, it's true. I was going to say, like, before I, I really couldn't um, give interviews, actually, I was like, I need some time off for myself. Mm. But uh, no, I'm, I'm back to doing everything, I guess, no problem. When I saw that we had finally got you locked down for Euphoria, I was like, yes, MVP frontrunner. Here we go, Cabo Shard. Thanks. I'm, I'm, my buddy Zuki said, I can't come if you don't go. So I was like, <laughs> actually, I said that, yeah. <laughs> if, if you don't go, I'm not going either. That's what I said. Oh, no. Well, I'm glad you guys both decided. This would have been really awkward. <laughs> we could have done... Yamato Cannon. Yamato Cannon every episode. <laughs> Three times. We never speak to anyone else on Vitality ever. It'll just be Yamato till the end of time. <laughs> um, playoffs, though, are upon us. We got the week break. Did you guys take any downtime at all, or did you just go straight into practice? Uh, well, we were forced to take a break, because every team took a break, so mm. we couldn't really... When you anyone. say forced, what does that mean? Uh, this, well, like, was like Yamato like unplugging no, all no, of your No, no, you just said that this because <laughs> no other teams were screaming. No, we wanted to practice. <laughs> we, went, we wanted to practice, but just the teams were not screaming, so we took a break as well. Mm. There was just the day off where we did uh, some gym with Dracos and Oh, yeah, that's Dracos. coming out tomorrow. We got we to gotta keep it hush-hush. <laughs> but um, but so this episode will release after it. No, 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 it won't, because I think that one comes out. Okay, anyway, at this point, if you're watching this episode, you may have already seen two sweet playoff ads. There's a third one featuring all of Vitality. Um, <laughs> it was difficult to film. I wish it was already out so we could talk about it because it was definitely a struggle. Did you guys <laughs> have any idea what you were getting into? No, like actually when we were doing makeup, then we were like seeing videos of them doing whatever and they're like, okay, th <laughs> that's exotic, but I guess we just go along and... Uh, yeah, it's just a little spoiler. We're talking Vitality Jazzercise. I'm going to let you let you get your own mental images. The video will be out there eventually after this podcast release. Uh, you can find it on Lolly Sports Twitter. Thank you guys again, though, for doing that, by the way. I, I, it's hard to talk about it too much without giving it away from the people, but you guys were did had no idea what we were getting into, but you did it anyway, and I really appreciate that. Um, and I, I you, you almost killed Mowgli, but besides that, <laughs> I thought Mowgli would be Mowgli like fine. Almost died. Mowgli almost died. One hundred percent true. He's still alive. He'll still play in playoffs. But it was a, there was a question there for a little bit. We it, definitely took took it, some breaks. It was like tomorrow. I can't scream. Ear ear pain. Delayed onset muscle soreness. Oh, just taking out vitality. Just done. <laughs> Slowly sabotaging you guys. Um, 
Now, the ads were fun, and I, and I hope you guys are back on a practice schedule, but towards the end of the split, it was kind of tough because for a long time, it looked like you guys were going to lock second place, and there was, like, no one going to contest you. It was Schalke, and then they dropped off the face of the earth, and you guys were, like, home free is what it felt like. But then there was this huge rise from both Origin uh, and Fnatic as well, and you guys ended up in fifth place. How, how does that feel at the end of the season to, to be in that fifth place position? Uh, at this point, we're used to it. It's, uh, last year, it was uh, like this as well. We were... Uh, 7-1 in Spring Split, I think. And then we did uh, a downfall from there. And uh, we were supposed to finish rank 1 or rank 2. And then we finished uh, rank 4, rank, rank 5, even there. And Summer was uh, uh, reverse instead. It was uh, first uh, only yep. loses. And, and then, kick us uh, join and needs shot up again. So, yeah, we are kind of used to our uh, inconsistencies by now. And uh, it sucks, but uh, yeah. I think one of the differences as well was that up until week seven, I think it was really easy for us to point our mistakes. It was like it was one, let's say, one big mistake per game. And for example, the last week it was like way more messy, where like it was going uh, in every direction. Like it was really hard to actually go into something when we came home. So um, yeah, after like for these two weeks, we had to really pretty much start from scratch and be like, okay, so these are the bases we want to. Like be our foundations going into Pluff against Fnatic and just uh, yeah start from there. After being picked by Fnatic, like what was the initial reaction? Did you guys know that Fnatic were going to uh, pick you guys? Mm. Um, I think eventually, seeing our ambitions, we wanted to face them. Like we would have to face them anyway. So if we were to take them in quarter or not, it's whatever, I guess. We obviously saw the um, the kind of disrespect that did not even wait for Schalke SK to finish to. <laughs> To pick us, but um, yeah, I think we would play them. So, dang, yeah, because I was—I mean, I once again we said this in the other episode, and I'm, I was still just surprised. Like that—that that feels like mental warfare at its finest. <laughs> I think we had mentions from Duke talking about Yamato, or not Yamato, but Young Buck talking about like it, it's all about the mental. You know, got to have that mental edge. <laughs> Has this given them the mental edge? Do you feel like the confidence to just like bam vitality, like not any other information? Not from my perspective, at least. There you go. I mean, I mean, I mean they didn't stop there. They said the. If we could pick Splice, we would. Yeah, that was great. We talked <laughs> to Splice we about that, too. <laughs> we can't pick the rank 4, so we're going to pick the rank 5. <laughs> I don't know. I, just, I said this to you guys walking up. I was like, some people can try to make the argument, well, SK beat Fnatic in the best of three already, so they probably don't want to face SK. Maybe there's like some more sort of mental boom. But I'm like, you have the choice of picking you know, a very inexperienced roster with a lot of inconsistent members with a very clear uh, game plan. They like to play through their jungler. Pyrian has been stepping up. and But it's just like, or you could pick Vitality and you could just play that Russian roulette of which Vitality is going to perform on the day. Are you going to get the world's performance Vitality? Are you going to get fifth place performance Vitality? And Fnatic like, let's take it. I like to gamble. <laughs> so, yeah, it just didn't make it. It actually boggles my mind. It really, it really does. Um, but let's, let's, get some, let's get some confidence built in Vitality. You guys talked about like restarting from basics, like building up in the scrims. Where, what level do you think you guys are at like right now? Are you back into like full shape already? Or is it just like, hey, by the time we play on stage, we're going to be there. Are you feeling good? Are you feeling confident about everything heading into to your first match? Um, I think we always feel confident even like let's say at, at Worlds when we had to face very tough opponent, we're not backing down. I don't think we're at our full level yet, but um, on, on stage we... We'll have a show, I think, as per usual, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like, not even, not even at words, we were, like, screams were not going that good. But uh, on the day, we, we knew that 
like when we started playing the, the first game against Junji, like uh, first 10 minutes were was rough, but then like we just uh, took uh, good fights and uh, try to not uh, make semi six on scrim uh, of scrims. And Juzuke uh, go pop off and uh, <laughs> <laughs> game was really smooth at that point. They are like Tankech is going top and I'm like okay, let him come. <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, but yeah, I think we just uh, scrims were uh, never went uh, that good for us. Mm. But we learned from uh, all the, those mistakes that we make, and we just uh, put it, uh, put the practice on uh, stage, and uh, it shows off. How much? Okay. I think that there there is a a conversation to be had about best of five with Vitality. Um, I think you guys have only had a single split where you don't have that many splits to begin with in uh, the LEC or EULCS as this whole squad. But you guys have only had one really good split where you made a run through best of performances. And then even going to Worlds, you never got to the best of five section like the knockout stages. You guys have only really ever performed in best of one. Um, do you think that there's some sort of blocker there or... or how do you guys go about preparing for an actual best of five? Because people can be like, oh, you know, Vitality, they can be super exciting, they can be that world's performing team, but that's only been in best of ones. Mm. Yeah, but I don't think it's like um, we choked in best of five either. I think the two major best of five we actually played was against um, in summer, against Misfit, where we actually figured them pretty good, and against Schalke, where they figured us pretty good. And then I think they came, they came out well prepared, Schalke. They had uh, a way to... To make amazing, actually pretty useful on scanner, it was it was doing good, and we didn't think um, it would work because we had the style that Kikus would just go invade and get ahead and everything, and it was our main style going into this series. So yeah, for this series we're not so prepared, but I think we usually have a lot of strategies, even though it's I guess it's centered toward the early game, like uh, towards this split even more. I don't think we had that much of a best of one split, and we'll have to show. Off, uh, Predator, Predator Gali roaming with uh, Kikis uh, going in enemy jungle. It was pretty fun. <laughs> Predator Galio was 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 hard. <laughs> Predator Galio was interesting. Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, I don't know, like uh, like Legend that series. It was all about uh, picking mid prior and uh, Kikis should uh, counter counter jungle and get advantage. And uh, we roam to sides and uh, just uh, dive everyone. So exactly and, uh, the same thing that's still happening. Well, uh, just without Predator and... So uh, we don't speak about the strategies. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> without mobility and boost of Predator, I, I guess. I don't know. Maybe Predator Galio makes a comeback. That was <laughs> was a little bit of a rough start for you guys. This corner definitely uh, made things more difficult. But, I mean, speaking about mid lane briefly, obviously, once again, for everyone watching, we're trying our best not to get teams to give away any strategies. And as always, you guys can refuse to answer a question. But I'm curious, Jazuke, specifically, how you feel about your matchup versus Nemesis. Um, now... Probably like three weeks ago, I would not have given this guy anything, but Fnatic has been getting better and better, and he's been looking better as well. Um, is this a matchup where you feel like you just have the edge 100%? Do you think it's going to be close? How do you feel about it? <laughs> um, I'm not... Uh, like, uh, I don't really mind playing uh, any mid, I'd say. Just... Uh, mm, they are this one's... To play against, I think it's Caps and Nukduk, but others is uh, actually not uh, so hard to play against. I think they do predictable things. I, if I go against Nemesis, I know what he's going to bring and I know what uh, he wants to do. While, uh, let's say, you go against Caps, he has multiple styles and Nukduk same, so um, I'm uh, pretty confident. Yeah. 
Do you think that's true for like a lot of the newer mid laners in the sense that they like they play mid one way? Like they pick Lissandra, they play Lissandra like Lissandra's meant to be played. They don't really do anything like interesting or unique. Like, well, there are many rookie mid laners right now, but I think he's not. Well, Nemesis has one style because I think Fnatic decides to play that style now. Like they just. Never tried so far to play like hard or mid uh, on anyth- or anything. So Nemesis just uh, played his way and uh, he has to play safe and accordingly to Broxa because it's this way that, that has to happen. Mm. And well, the l- l- Split Fanatic pulled out uh, the... They were actually same in Spring Split and uh, they were never playing Q2. Caps was uh, 1v1 or 1v2 yeah. all the time. And then uh, they pulled out the, the thing in playoffs. They were like playing... Uh, EV two v one matchups and uh, just uh, camping. Uh, actually, they, they were against us in semifinals, the first best of five. And uh, actually, it was the first time I've, I I ever got camped, like sword. It was first Broxa and then Xerx in <laughs> third place match. But uh, yeah, that, that's where I learned uh, what to answer against uh, uh, getting camped because mm. before that I was like, okay, they're uh, I'm winning my lane. They're giving me free mid prior and uh, I'm just. Uh, I'm 30 CS ahead, I'm roaming uh, and uh, blah, blah. But uh, after Fnatic and Splice, I had to learn uh, what to do because at the time I was like, I was really clueless. I didn't know what, uh, uh, after that, uh, what what should we do? Because in Screams, it was only one way and we didn't experience the other side. Yeah. Because we were always in an advantage position in mid. And when uh, that didn't happen, in Screams, uh, like last year, it was like, just, uh, just how do we play like, Wait a second, what do I yeah. do when I'm behind? Yeah. I can still go in, but right? <laughs> but yeah, I evolved for a summer split, so I'm, yeah, it's got all fixed. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what the evolution is both for you and Fnatic heading into the best of five. I always think it's curious, especially on a new patch too. And I know it's not the biggest patch, but like from from what we've experienced so far, I feel like there's going to be enough interesting changes that will force force some differences. Is it 9.5 or 9.6? It's 9.6. Ooh, kale. Just wiggle some eyebrows, Cabo. Kale? Kale. (laughs) He's got the wiggle. That's all I needed. It's confirmed. Kale. Getting played. Everyone's playing it. It's broken. They play it in the greatest league in the world, LCS. You mean LPL. LPL. (laughs) Sorry. They played it three times on 9.5. All right. Well, there you go. That's hype. Uh, Now, the other matchup. I I mean, I'm interested in both solo lanes, and not just because you guys are here, but in general, I think these are some pretty important matchups. Cabo. Whippo. Now he is right there, so I, I'm like, I, it's gonna be hard. <laughs> so if you want to throw some flame, you can look him in the eyes while you do it. He's off, off screen, dude. Hey, hey you want to come in? <laughs> Make direct eye contact. Right. Um, how do you feel about the top lane matchup? Because I mean, for a while, like Whippo was living on an island, ignored by all fanatic, and now it feels like some games he's just getting all of the attention. Some games he's left alone. Do you feel comfortable in like whatever situation you get put in in the top lane? Yeah, I think it's actually it's pretty interesting the way. Um, it has changed. Bipo has changed. Like uh, during this split, like there was the I guess the the downfall at the start when like they are like ganking him. And it was working really. He was just dying, and then it was like the Bipo that uh, is gonna give up and just fall behind, and they're gonna either carry from mid or bot. And now it's a sort of in the middle where it's like I feel he's gonna try to get advantage, and if it doesn't go well, then he's gonna give up later on. But he's gonna have this period like where he's gonna still try, and they're gonna back him up, back him up a bit more than the. They would, let's say, against uh, um, Ormatch, for example. Yeah. Well, like, even though Elise was really behind, we were able to pressure off of top lane a lot. And then he was just fully giving up um, uh, even when he didn't need to. 
So yeah, we'll see how they transform into right now, like how much they're gonna play around top lane actually because they were like doing more. I don't know if he came home and he was like, uh, guys, this is not happening again. Uh, <laughs> this is not possible. You will gank my Roxa, way. <laughs> either you're coming or either I'm going uh, zero five or something. But uh, yeah, I guess we'll have to figure that out. And then there is the usual um, crit uh, buff for Reckless before the, the final. So I don't know what's <laughs> up with, uh, with Riot. <laughs> We're not supposed to reveal the script to you, but uh, it will get nerfed as we go into Worlds because you did too well last year, and then it'll get buffed again. You mean MSI, right? No, no, Worlds. No, no, no. We got to keep them on top until Worlds. All right, and all right. Nerf it. Uh, and then, yeah. So that's that's the pattern. You can... Don't quote me on that. Actually, but, I'm going to get so many angry. Someone from the bounce team is like, we actually do have crit nerfs coming in. I'll be like, oh, no. Now people are going to think I'm just... Leaking. <laughs> leaking. No. Uh, but... This is actually good, because talking about Reckless, because I don't think anyone is looking at this matchup when you look at it through an analytical lens and saying like, ah, Juzuke and Cabochard are going to struggle here, or that's where Vitality will falter. I think everyone, I'm not saying like Flame, Attila, and Jack Troll, because obviously they've been starting to perform better, especially that Schalke game in particular, where Attila just popped off. Um, but Fnatic feels like they do have three consistent, viable threats that they can carry through. They can go to Bwipo, put him on something like a Jarvan. They can go to Nemesis and his Zoe or his Kassadin. They can go to Reckless and play all through bot lane, you know, 20 TPs down there in three minutes, whereas Vitality don't seem to have that flexibility right now because Jack Troll and Attila have been underperforming, <laughs> or I'll say struggling in lane phase. Uh, people love that uh, 20 TPs, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Teleported there like three minutes. <laughs> I was like, oh, there goes Bwipo's if, if, if that was a stat we tracked, like TPs to what lane, you'd, you'd have like every other team's like a balance. There's just like a heat map. <laughs> for, for Fnatic, we're just like, all right, guys. Can the jungler take TP2? TP smite, let's send him bot lane. Like, commit everything we've got. Well, there, there is this meme, right, that's like if you flame um, Attila, he's just going to come like twice stronger so I'm just or trying to do you guys a yeah, favor. Yeah, the playoff, but we're giving him the playoff buff right now. Yeah, so just Yamato, I think he's going to go to him before the match and be like, you know what he said about uh, whatever, and then we're going to pump him. And I think we will be ready to carry from from every angle as well. That's, we realized that was one of um, our problem dispute as well, and we're trying to fix that. So. Here's my thing, though. Like... <laughs> Everything for teams who are just like, we'll be ready by playoffs, it's fine, we're working really hard. I totally love that. But if I just may offer some advice, there's this team called RNG. They don't give a fiddlesticks where they're carrying from. She has to say that instead of the F word. I can't say the F word. I got in trouble last time. Fiddlesticks got replaced. Yeah. <laughs> the fiddlesticks. The fiddlesticks. They don't give a fiddlesticks. They're like, we've got Uzi. We just have to play through this one lane. And it did them very well for a very long time. I just think Vitality should lean into that. You know, you don't have to be the best team. You can actually just be one of the best teams doing your thing in the best way possible. You don't have to be like SKT from, you know, 2015. We just win everything. Oh, we can play through here, here, here. Just play through Cabochard and Jazuka. <laughs> I think just every team has their own style. And I think it's... Uh you don't. Uh, Isn't there a guy that said something about play, play your, play your style? Play your game. Yeah. Cut maybe, maybe that's our style, but there is weep <laughs> in front of us. So we, <laughs> you know. Yeah, don't leak anything. They're definitely playing through bot. Like I think uh, the throw dream. Some uh, throw some teepees down there for sure. <laughs> I think that would be a good investment of resources. Bring the smite. Bring <laughs> like I think the dream would be like IG, like uh, they yeah. actually play aggro on every lane. The, the, like, the shy will get no attention. And he gets uh, either 5-0 or 3-3. Uh, but uh, he will do either 1-for-1 one one, or he will take a double kill uh, when, whenever they gank him or whatever. And then there is uh, 
Botren uh, that is playing ag aggressive as well and taking advantage, or vice versa. Like uh, one 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 lane uh, gets like uh, the attention from the jungler, mm -hmm. but the other lane is not gonna go zero five or anything. It's, yeah. it's just gonna be even or uh, really good anyway. So Cabo is the European, the shy. That's the goal. I mean, it, it actually enlightened us when we screamed uh, AG. It was really. Oh my god. It was really good experience and like really pushing you, I think, to become much better because you feel like you're challenged on every single decision you make. Like yeah. this little creep that you're gonna go for, you know that you you can die from it every time, you know. So you're living on on the edge, and I really felt the difference actually because when we screamed, then we played both like um, Duke and then the Shire. and it was really visible like uh, in the gameplay at least from lane phase on top lane the top lane difference. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Ning and Rookie were for sure the the best mid jungle I played against. It's uh, actually so hard to play against them. Like Rookie, fake, fake pressure so hard, and uh, it's just uh, and actually Ning is always mid. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not sure if it's fake pressure or Ning is always mid. It's really hard to say. And uh, that's his screams. I can't imagine on stage. I'm j I, just, I can ask cups, I guess. I love every team has different <laughs> stories about scrimming IG, and they always make me happy. Because like, no one walks away from it as a negative experience, but there are always those stories about either getting smashed by IG or like being really pushed to limits, and those always exciting. RNG refused to scrim ING, uh, IG for the longest time because it was destroying Uzi's confidence. <laughs> really? That's a true story. <laughs> He's like, my top lane's down, six six kills and like 3k gold, and he just shows up and he kills me. It doesn't matter if I'm winning my lane. Just winning, you talk about mental warfare. <laughs> Um, now we, we asked. We are camping bot. Can you just <laughs> don't go zero five against the shy, please? I still think you should change his name to Theshi. I think Theshi just makes me so happy. Theshi. <laughs> or capitalize the S, please. Uh, you guys, we asked, like everyone on the show, we asked you guys to fill out a, a playoff bracket. Uh, and for anyone watching, we didn't make the graphic for last week, but we will for this week. So you'll get to see before the games this weekend all six of our guests' playoff bracket, including ours. So all seven playoff brackets, you can see which one you agree with. Basically, it works like this whoever gets the lowest score, you get two points. You can either pick the correct team, get a point for that, or the, the correct, correct score, score, and you get a point for that. Yeah. Every single team, save for Dracos and I, because we have no stake in this, picked themselves to win. So credit to everyone there. And every single team also said that G2 was going to be Origin and every single team is beating G2 3-2 in the finals. <laughs> so you guys are beating G2 3-2 in the finals. Uh, we don't necessarily have to touch that one, but I do want to touch on one thing that you mentioned, which is that everyone is convinced right now, except for Froskern and, and myself, that G2 Esports are just going to smash Origin. Uh, ex explain that one a little bit to me, because I think a lot of people are, are pretty down on G2 right now after I, I would say the struggles in the last few weeks, the losses in the last few weeks. I think they're... Uh... Well, their first losses were actually uh, not uh, meaningful, to me at least. And then when they locked in rank 1, uh, I felt they didn't uh, care about winning or losing, they were just playing. So, uh, I think they're uh, still uh, a strong team and better than OG. Hmm. Does that change if, if it's Promise Q playing or Mickey X, or is it, are you pretty confident regardless? Well, uh, Mickey X will be better, I think. Uh, actually, I did not see the game uh, pro that the games they played with Promise Queue. But with Mickey X, uh, well, Perks and Mickey X are a good bot lane, so... But there's yeah. just so many teams that... Uh, how do I say? 
It's interesting because we only see about 5% of what teams actually put out because we see you guys two days a week and, you know, the rest of the 90% is in scrim. So there's like so much game footage because it's a best of one format that the audience don't get to witness to. And so G2 could be terrifying behind stage. But like so many teams are still scared to take swipes at G2 and they'll be like, oh, well, you know, with Promise Q and it's not Mickey, so maybe they might fall down. I'm kind of waiting for someone to just have the confidence to be like, no, 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 G2 have this flaw, this flaw, and this flaw, whereas everyone is just very safe, like, oh, very good team. We have to respect them. You can't touch them, even though they've shown some clear weaknesses and some clear flaws, even in some of their victories in the early part of the split. But everyone's like, no, 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 G2, pedestal. So what she's trying to do, she's trying to bait you into, into yes. blaming G2 right now. She wants to know. She wants Caps to know. Caps is right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Caps is hey. Yeah. Hey, when you're uh, with Bieber. I think <laughs> even, even as much as you can notice um, G2 flaws, they would still be, I think, better than... Um, origin, as Juzuki said, you see like five percent, and on those five percent, there is this like two games where they mm. they were rank one, I guess, and uh, I agree, I guess they, they didn't care as much. And judging from scrims, they they are the um, the stronger team. Yeah. But I uh, I suppose everything when they have um, Mickey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see how Promise Key affects it, and I hope for their sake that one that Mickey can play in full strength, or that if you know. Uh, he can't, and Promise Q does have to step in. That Promise Q is at like a comparable level. That's a lot to ask, right? But I think for for the sake of our playoffs, it'd be good to see like, you know, I just no. If someone's gonna lose because they're bad, that's fine with me. If someone's gonna lose because someone on their team got like injured and can't play or is sick and can't play, that always sucks. Like that just doesn't feel feel great. And no flame to Promise Q. I don't think <laughs> anyone's going to debate that Mickey is the stronger support. But I think the bigger issue is not the individual because everyone's like the 1v1 versus promise Q versus Mickey. I think it's more detrimental of the fact that Perks role swapped, yeah. learned the position with Mickey, and now he's put with another guy. Like, we don't know what yeah. that comms look like. Luca had his flash blown, as Mithy said, because promise Q walked away and it wasn't like back up and Hilly and Reckless just fiddlesticks them. I mean, yeah, very early <laughs> in the season, as soon as he rolls up, they actually were playing duo for like, I don't know how many games in a row just to to get along so well together. And mm -hmm. it, it really has shown, I think, from early week streaming them, actually, they were really, really strong. Yeah, so yeah. it's ah. definitely a way better duo, I think. So why does Vitality win 3-2? Sell me. If Vitality are going to MSI, what happens? Is it just like, Jazuke just goes god mode? Is Cabo Shroud the true MVP? Is it Tilt and Jackal well, we like, through bot lane. every game? We, we now. It's through bot lane. Lane. Yeah. Perfect. They're going to play through button and uh, we are 50 CS side. That's what I like to hear. That's the confidence I want. Of course, we'll show you the full playoff bracket. You can uh, check this out. Actually, Twitter. about uh, Perks and Promise Q, like for sure, it's uh, if you see the Fnatic game, uh, they actually lost because uh, Cassio was on the wave and Promise Q was uh, going toward Tribash. Yep. And uh, they got engaged. Uh, double sum from there and the lane was frozen and the jungle was stopped. So they lost from there with uh, one synergy mistake. Like, mm. they just didn't say, I'm going to ward, or uh, Perks didn't uh, just give up uh, once, yes. I mean, it gets yeah. even I'm worse. I'm not sure which one it is, but Because uh, Aurelia then dives them, gets the first blood, and the Caps is yeah, looking yeah. at Aurelia like, oh, well, f*** my life. <laughs> Fiddlesticks. <laughs> you can't do it, dude. You're so... Uh, um... Ooh. Okay. Well, thanks, guys, for the insight in your playoff bracket. I do want to. We are running a little low on time here, so I want to get a few Twitter questions in before we move forward. Uh, thank you to everyone who submitted Twitter questions. Uh, the one that I want to start with from, I don't know if this is ABC Edo or Ab oh, I grabbed the same Absido one. GG uh, Cabochar. This is specifically for you. One, this person's a big fan. They want to know how you got so strong. You were like top five uh, last year, you know. But since LHC started, you started. Um,
On other top laners, you are now probably top two, if not the best top laner in EU, which I agree. You're definitely, I think some people will make the argument for top two. I think you're number one right now. I think it's up for debate, depending on how Wonder's performing on the day. Bwipa will probably tell us that he's number one in a few minutes here. We'll see. Maybe maybe Playoffs Bobo does have a good record so far, so we'll find out. But like, what was what was the catalyst for you to improve so much? Was it like because you weren't on the map for the longest time, and then last year you were really pretty good, and then this year you're really good. Like, what has that improvement process been like? No thanks, Cabo, best Cabo. <laughs> so I think it's it's a mix of uh, some things. Like th this is gonna sound actually pretty dumb, but I think I was playing with different DPI from home than stage for like <laughs> a full year or something. <laughs> what? <laughs> you guys have and a powerful sponsor now. Our feelings was different, but then I would go home and it was like actually it's the same. <laughs> and there was some I don't know some program that was using it I guess. And besides that, I think Mugli actually is enabling me more than I was able to play like last year. Last year I was like one of these is an acceptable answer. It wasn't the most <laughs> I mean, little things matter, Roscoe. Little things matter. Yeah, uh, yeah, a bit of DPI is a lot. DPI issue. So yes, Moogly. I do, I do feel like you should, if that was legitimately something that changed you, you should be the kind of guy that like has the measuring tape that puts his keyboard in exactly <laughs> yeah, I thought about every it. game. <laughs> Have your manager do it. Dennis could do it. It'll be good. And yeah, actually, I think during last year there was the meta we said like um, you were playing Sun against Orn or so against Shogat, and all you could do was like getting the advantage from into mid pretty much. Mm. So you were judged on being a good player, like you should get advantage in losing matchup most of the time. Mm. And when we tried to play through top like uh, right before Worlds, like it was um, I think too late, like we didn't manage to do it at all. Like like it was when Ergot, Irelia, Kali came in. And yeah, it was not just not a thing. We're just so used to play through something else than the system was not working at all with Kikis. Um, and no, with Mugli, I think he was way more used to play with uh, Kin through topside. So it, it was a bit more natural, but we had to learn obviously from from there. And like I was going back to my Gambit days, I guess. I like that. <laughs> That's a real throwback to Gambit Cabo Shard era, dude. That's... Sometimes the old League of Legends is so absolutely nostalgic. Frosco, did you have a next question that you wanted to ask? Yeah, it's kind of along the same uh, vein. It's from Sutwo by Sutwo underscore. Question for Bwipo and Cabochard. What is your opinion on the overall strength of top laners in the LEC in comparison to the last few years? So do you think that top lane just got better? Do you think it stayed pretty much the same and now top laners get to show off their skills? Mm, yeah, I think you can you can definitely show more than you like would be able to last year. I think there was periods of time last year where you could play GP and Camille and something, and you could do things. But right now, it's actually really there are so many things to play. Like, and I think we'll see even more like new things coming into playoff. I think it's always hard to judge because you can only judge from the competition. Like everyone's getting better, even though the competition like may feel lower. Um, yeah, I think uh, we have good top players this year. We have seen even in lower leagues, like um, actually people rising up. So I'm, I'm looking forward to um, if they're going to have more time, let's say in summer. I think it's just about the, the meta change. In the past years, probably, uh, yeah, there were a few champions, like uh, you mentioned Camille, GP, but mostly it was tanks. So now instead it's uh, full uh, like bruisers and uh, assassins like Akali and stuff. So yeah, I mean, the last time I can re recall the top lane was um, so impactful. I think like season five was the all time the most because you were just playing this like Fizz or Ikarim or whatever, and you, you were either getting Omguard and ganking bot or you're getting so fed top lane that you would just carry the whole map. She won as might. Do you think no. that? <laughs> 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 it's in the rook. 
it, it was a thing. It was Freddy only. Yeah. Freddy only? Okay. <laughs> Do you think that empowers um, just, uh, let's say, Western teams or specifically LEC teams going into international events? Because what you have Whippa, Wonder, you, Whirlib. I mean, Alfari and, is pretty good to you. Yeah, Alfari, um, Chachi. Yes? That's yeah, that's right. That's well, you mentioned the top six. Yeah, yeah all our playoff. So theoretically, one of these pl- uh, top winners will go internationally and face someone like, let's say, the shy. <laughs> Does is it better? Is, is it, it worse? Easier for us? Is it still just the shy is an untouchable god? Like, where does it Com- rank? Compared to the shy, I think it doesn't matter as much. It would, I guess, you can snowball more. But like, let's say, if we face any, I think it matters more. I think we are, in any, I think uh, Licorice is good. But besides that, they don't actually have so good talent in. In top lane, we've seen some dead is here actually playing not so good. And yeah, playing against, yeah, I guess China it. and Korea is nothing. And um, I, actually, I, um, I'm really looking forward to play the shy if it's not like for MS or something to scream them again. And, and see on the meta like this, it's really an entertaining just to, even from our point of view. Yeah. In LPL, um, they'll often send teams who aren't participating at MSI or Worlds to also scrim or get the scrim practice. I think Griffin also did something very similar. Uh, would you guys, if you didn't make MSI, ever consider also going? Um, I don't know how much we are allowed to, to tell, but we have planned actually to... <laughs> Yeah, what's, you can say you can say you've got a plan. It's like you, you can cut it if it's we're not able to say it. Or I mean, I don't know if you're allowed to say it. Say it. If you're not allowed to say it, but just say it, we'll think about it and we'll just like wink yeah, at the camera me. and we'll move on. I'll tell the audience that the LPL has done this many times, where they have even assembled uh, all-star teams, where they won't send like you know a full roster. They'll send pieces of different rosters as scrim partners to get more experience scrimming. At yeah, even if we. Events. Oh, really. Yeah, oh, weird. <laughs> Even if we don't go to MSI, we'll have like screams against really good teams like during this uh, offseason from spring to summer. So um, yeah, I think we will get to play them. So that's regardless, hype. that's hype. Yeah. That's cool to hear. Um, Jizuka, I have questions for you, but we're out of time. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm gonna have to wait till next <laughs> time to ask them. Fun. You I'm joining Cabo. Cabo is the he's special so, boy today. He's so famous. He's MVP. Yeah, well, he's just been a gone for so long. You know, he's been, he's been an it. enigma. He's been hiding behind the scenes. What's been going on in his head? We had to know. Um, that's been it. Thank you guys again for coming on. Once again, you guys can find their bracket uh, online probably Thursday or a little bit after this episode releases, depending on when we get the... We're getting a pretty graphic done, so you got to wait for the pretty graphic to get made. Um, but thanks for coming. Good luck on your 3-2 final versus uh, G2. 3-2 into 3-2 into 3-2. 3-2 into 3-2 into 3-2. No, wait, into 3-2. It, it, You're playing as many games. 3-1 into 3-2, 3-1, 3-2, 3-2. You're in a 3-1 splice. That's, that's <laughs> it. You're 3-1-ing splice. You're 3-2-ing right, This is basically Fnatic's good, Origin's good. Uh, as long as we're well winning, it's fun. There you go. All right. Well, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Of course, you guys play Vitality uh, this week slash weekend i still need to figure out what day each match is on i'll learn at some point team prep is this week we'll get there anyway thank is you it, guys uh, one match uh, every day or one match every day yeah i don't think he actually knows the answer <laughs> wait it's one best of five per day <laughs> he on, just trust falled into that, that. <laughs> do you know no yeah that's right all right don't throw too much shit. anyway thank you guys for coming Thanks. uh and we'll thank see you. you next time next up is fanatic Hello, everyone. Welcome back. We've decided to make a slight adjustment. Um, because we only have one guest from both G2 and Fnatic, uh, we're going to do them at the same time. It'll be a... I don't know. It might be a mess. I'm going to be honest. But I think it's going to be fun. <laughs> so we have, of course, Caps representing G2, Bobo oh. representing Fnatic. Uh, welcome, gentlemen. Thank you for coming out. How are you both doing today? 
Well, I mean, it's pretty early, right? But uh, but I'm honored to to be invited to Euphoria. So there you go. I'm well, happy to have you, man. It's been a long, it's been a long time coming. Bupo, you're of course coming back. Uh, number yeah. one comment on you being here alone was, of course, Bupo's here alone because he talks so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess uh, I found my uh, replacement. I just I don't know why people complain about that. Like, I don't know. It's good. We I, want information from EU4. We want interviews, and we put Bupo, and they're like, "Oh, but this guy talks so much." Like, <laughs> <laughs> you can't have it both ways. Pick one. Don't worry. We'll get guests that don't talk. It'll just be Frostker. And if you just want Frostker to talk, we can do that. That's its own show. Oh, please no. <laughs> yeah, drink that water. <laughs> get out of this one. Um. So, Bupo, I want to ask you on your feelings on kind of the final weeks for Fnatic. Um, and we'll ask the same to you, Caps, in a second. But you guys went from third place. Obviously, like, huge turnaround in the split. The last time we talked to you, I'm going to be honest, we walked away from that episode being like, these guys are dead. Like, there's no way. <laughs> dead? You were both, like, you and Brox were both it very intense. very dire. Yeah, like, Brox was mean, very emotional. You were very focused. But, like, you both had very different reasons for why mm. Fnatic was struggling. So, from our perspective, we were like, I don't think they have enough time to get it together. Now, luckily for you, luckily for the Fnatic fans out there, we were wrong. <laughs> you guys did pull it together. You rose up. I mean, you've been you've been kicking ass. So, what happened? Like, what, what changed? What turned this around for you guys? Um, Honestly, just, I think trust was a really big deal. Like a really, really, really big deal. I think just half of the comms on stage, whenever someone got ahead, it was just, don't int. <laughs> this guy has like this much of an advantage. Just try not to lose the game and we're going to win it real fast. So just this type of trust that you get from your teammates, it just helps, right? If someone says it to you, mm. like when I was playing against Misfits, of course, I remember that game. Um, <laughs> when I was playing Aatrox, it was like 5-0, you know, Reckless was specifically saying, just chill. There's no need to contest anything until he gets here. And with he, he meant that shy, the shy cosplay, you know. Yeah. The guy that came around with like three items and which one hit anyone that walked up. So it just feels like you're empowered. It feels like you have even more reason to carry the game and you feel like you can actually do it. Because this is something that um, teams with less experience don't have is when someone gets really far ahead... Even if the guy can carry alone, you'll still feel like you need to give him resources. And when you do that, you're making yourself weaker. So the rest of the map is getting weaker because, like, let's say, for example, Reckless is, like, 4-0 or, or, like, he's winning bot lane. He's got, like, 40 CS up. He's got two kills, four plates. At that point, I'm still going to be, like, in trance to TP down there. Whereas if I just let him build his advantage and make sure I don't fall behind, he's going to win the game for me eventually. Mm. But the thing about trust is I don't need to TP down there. I'll trust that he's going to do that on his own or with his jungler or with whoever wants to help him. And I'm going to make sure that the other side of the map doesn't break. Okay. One, I'm going to get Ka I want Cass's opinion on that specific statement, but at what point did you decide we didn't need to teleport bottom? Because I'll be honest, for a few <laughs> weeks there, I really looked like the only thing you wanted to do was teleport bottom. Um, Honestly, it's just it's a game-to-game -game thing, right? You're, you're not actually going to the There's a lot of games like, where that's stacked up. I am up. pushing this wave, and I'm going to look. like There's a difference between saying I'm going to take priority, I'm going to look to TP bot, and just being like, no matter what happens, I'm going down there. So... It just happened, and it was. I, I thought it was funny because it just happened. Uh, <laughs> honestly, like most of them were actually quite successful. It wasn't like we TP'd bot for nothing, right? It was, True. There, there was usually work. something. That's it was one time where it was like we both TP'd for one kill, and it was like, eh, you know, like maybe it wasn't worth it. But at that point, maybe it became a little bit of a habit. There you go. Um, Caps, from your perspective, Fnatic, obviously, like, were definitely bombing the first half of the split. They came back around. They barely beat you. Game of inches. That was an insane game. Um, how, did you, how do you feel about their development? Like, because they went from... No one cares to now I think a lot of people are nervous about playing this team in playoffs. 
Yeah, I mean, so it's like always hard to stay from the outside, probably. Um, I, it's not like I like hard started all their games. Um, and sure, I get some insight from Vivo, but <clears throat> it's to really, really know what's going on is like harder uh, from the outside. So I'm not completely sure if what exactly happened. But a trend I can see a lot of their games is that they level one invade and they do like early cheeses. <laughs> they do love those um, early and, and stuff like this. We saw like with the TP's bot as well, right? So it feels like they practice a lot of like uh, set plays that they can just do every game basically. And uh, they have basically been having a lot of success with that. Um, the only worry I have is like going to playoffs is maybe going to be a bit harder to do the same, is what I'm thinking. Um, but I guess we'll see in, in a week. Yeah, how many level different level ones can Fnatic come up with or different level two gank pass for Broxa? I think it's more so, and this is awkward saying this next to a Fnatic member, but just wiggle eyebrows if close. I feel like Fnatic are really good at establishing a strong side of the map and then playing around that or understanding exactly how to abuse it, especially in the context of this big trust conversation of if we can create one strong side of a map at least... Uh, then all you have to do is just absorb pressure on the other side and then wait for that guy to, to move around. Definitely, but I also feel like it's because most teams aren't actually good at transferring their strong side of the map into an advantage. I literally just like set that one up for him. I was like, how softly is he going to catch this? And he was just no, like, no, every no. other team is guarded. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it's just the way it is, right? Like, um, even in the game against G2, uh, where I obviously fell really far behind, that was mostly one versus one. Mm. Uh, when we were on the bottom side of the map and you had Yankos up in the top side sweeping my ward out and stuff like this. Um, that's obviously establishing a strong side of the map. But the thing was is that he never actually influenced the matchup. Whereas when we set up the strong side of the map, we were able to clearly influence that bot lane 2v2 and uh, take some advantages there, if you will. So I feel like the same happens the other way around. When we're playing around the top side of the map, our bottom side of the map is generally speaking not taking nearly as much of a hit. And I think that's more on the other teams than on us. But I agree. When we're somewhere, it's usually with a purpose. You know what's great about the whole fiddlesticks thing? Is that when you say flash fiddlestick someone to mean like to, yeah, yeah. it still works. <laughs> because that's what Reckless and Hilly did to Luca. Oh. <laughs> I don't even know what flash fiddlesticks <laughs> She's not allowed to say the F word, so she has to say fiddlesticks. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So keep you... Yeah, I don't know. So as we were saying, when uh, Perk, or yeah, when Perk stepped up to get the CS, and then Hilly reconned him, and then Aureli got first blood, and then rocked into your lane, you're like, well, I guess two sides of the map now collapse. And oh, G2 yeah. was like, hmm. So from your perspective, Cavs, talk to me about the, the, the past few weeks for G2, because you guys were like on top of the world, you locked first place in week eight, and then, I mean, obviously this, this Fnatic game was, was, was tough. You guys did really well, to, I think, to survive as long as you did. Was it tough or fun? Um... Well, I mean, it was not very fun, at least for me, like the early game. But then at some point, I guess it was kind of fun. Uh, obviously, getting late game with set is always fun. Um, but yeah, early game was like not that fun. Even, yeah, not sure. Was... I can relate. Yeah. <laughs> it never got fun for me, though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or for a little gang flank. You hit a couple barrels in the end there. You got to yeah. get the hole there and all they, they, they didn't really deal damage, though. Like, I, was, uh, I was struggling for my life. When I finished my Infinity Edge, just 37 minutes, I was like, okay, do I go tanky? And then like... <laughs> Don't deal damage and then still get one hit? Or do I try to scrape together some components and maybe hit the lottery, you know? And then when I hit the lottery, it wasn't really what I wanted. Oh, Bippo, a.k.a. the tickler, did, did, a little, did a little bit of damage there. You got massive flame for that GP pick. Do you want to defend it? Uh, of course I do. 
All right, name me. I'm gonna play a mini game here. Uh, if Cap wants to, ha Caps wants to help out, he can, but I don't think he will. I was <coughs> right. aboard the a mini game. <laughs> Find me a champion I can pick top lane when you see Cassiopeia, Rise, and Jarvan locked in, and they have the option to five pick top. Name me one champion with Aatrox and Renekton banned that I can blind pick in that situation. Why wouldn't you go for something like a Poppy or a Scion versus a GP? Well, well, versus GP? Or uh, no, as, instead, as, instead of, of GP. GP. Oh, versus I mean, Rise. Blind pick? Well, first of all, I, I don't think Rise into Poppy is that, that much more fun. Um, he still has counter pick option, right? So he could even take the GP into any tank I take, and he's probably going to outvalue me there. Uh, you know, I can probably name a few more Conqueror champions that will slaughter any tank I blind pick. So do you think this was an issue that... Um if you went for a tank matchup and then took like the soft <clears throat> loss and say like, oh, at least my champion will have utility later on, that they could then GP. So there was the fact that mm. GP was on the board as a possible mm. option and that you just didn't want to get outscaled that hard. I mean, it was just, we had Karthus, right? So physical damage was nice. Mm -hmm. uh, so bringing another physical damage pick into like as the GP was not a bad idea, I think. That said, again, it's just, I can either take a bad matchup that scales or it can take a bad matchup that scales and is like not really useful. Like if I press my gangplank hold on bot lane, I've pretty much done my job, haven't I? Like, like as a top laner, like at that point, uh, with the way the draft went, I've pretty much done my job. I just need to survive. And, you know, maybe it didn't look pretty and everyone can be like, oh, he had 50 CS down, you know? But at the end of the day, the only people that care about you having minus 50 CS is lolly sports because they can show the stats. This guy sucks at laning. Side boop, boop. Yeah. <laughs> so, but like at the end of the day, I don't the feel like first me being that, like me being behind in the game was, was the reason why we couldn't close out. I think execution was more the issue. Well, you know that when it comes to G2 versus Fnatic, if you guys get to that best of five, first thing, exactly, the side boop's gonna come The last the time they played, <laughs> down 50 CS and Venice will be like, a liability uh, for this team, really. I mean, <laughs> If Wonder doesn't hover GP at that point, I'm a bit disappointed. Yeah, yeah but probably be a GP hover. GP um, rise? Sounds good. Cass focusing in back in on the G2 side of this. Not this G2 Fnatic game, although it is always going to be an interesting discussion because it was such just an insane game. It was game. a fun game. It was just an insane game, right? Um, G2 overall. Like, um, you've had the struggles with Mickey, Promise Q subbing in, in doing pretty well. Um, but like obviously dropping a lot of games in these last few weeks. What's going on in the G2 camp? Is it our, you know, Vitality were on here. They're like, yeah, I just think, by, you know, I just think G2 were like, you know, unconcerned. I think they locked first. They were just playing around. Like, what's your take on it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously going into the split, we had like a really, really strong start. And it's not just like from stage rolls from scrims. Like we were barely losing any games. Uh, so we, I was like, obviously it's a new team. So I was like, not going to say I was confident, but I was like a bit, Worried, honestly, because we were winning so much, and I was like afraid how it would show on stage. But it actually showed up, and I was really happy with that. And then we obviously just had a really good first half of the split, and uh, that's like when, like the tenth game is when like when we actually dropped to OG. And I mean, I, yeah, that, we get said it. Like, well, <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> um, and at that time, it was not like we were worrying, right? And we, I mean, we have never really been worrying. I think we just realized that uh, sure we were only locked last week. We were, only, we were locked for, for first, but already the week before we felt like we were locked for first because we were like, I think, three wins ahead or something like this. We had to win one game in our last four games. So we basically assumed that we were going to, like, at least I did, and I'm pretty sure everyone did, that we were going to get first. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, it's not really something I had tried before because every other time I've been either like, fighting to get first or the first bit I was fighting to get players right. Um, so it was a bit weird, and we were talking about like what we were actually going to do because Obviously, we had Mickey who didn't really or like shouldn't play as much as possible mm. because of his wrist. Um, so we were playing with Promiscue, and that also made it so like 
no, no, like we didn't really care that much about getting the games because we didn't really need to win. But at the same time, we didn't want to like in promise you really hard, which I mean, I guess I failed a bit at, but <laughs> but, <laughs> but any, anyway, like we, well we wanted <laughs> we wanted to we wanted to win for promise you kinda, but we also didn't want to like. Uh, I mean, we just wanted to relax, so we were like actually at our peak during playoffs, right? Mm. Uh, that's why I think, uh, for example, Jisuke and Kapushal were not that worried because, I mean, we were not worried, and <laughs> we're pretty confident still going into playoffs. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to be very, like a lot of people are like think this hyping. I don't know what it's called, um, disregarding us maybe because of our last weeks, because usually people judge most from last weeks, mm. but at the same time people also think that a lot of teams were fighting for their lives, and we were like. Yeah, I mean, we were basically just like chilling a bit. <laughs> Do you think we've seen the strongest? I mean, the easy answer is like everyone will say no to this question because, like, no, we're going to level up. We have a final form still to reach in best of five. But in all honesty, if we're thinking about G2 over the course of the nine weeks when we've seen you guys just absolutely maybe obliterate a certain team in what was the time? 2035? <laughs> Is that like, I remember. <laughs> is that peak G2? Have we seen your guys' actual final form and now it's just about consistently hitting that each time? I mean, I, I, mean, I don't think so. I think, um, I feel like, I mean, I don't know what I want to say, honestly, but I, I just, we saw NG like, uh, win like a 15-minute game last year in playoffs and I mean, we're going to look to do the same, you know. Ah. Uh, <laughs> we, I definitely don't think we have reached our peak. I don't even think we're close to it. I think what we showed was basically a new team going together and we we fit really well to, with each other so we had a really strong early start but that doesn't mean we're even like close to our peak uh, I'm not saying necessarily that we will like win even like I mean hopefully we'll win even harder than we did like early in the split but uh, you also have to think other teams were not really that strong at the start of the split they also improved right and obviously we improved with them um, and I'm pretty confident saying that we were a better team than we were back then now and we will be even stronger in the future. feels like there's kind of two different types of evolutions, and teams can go through both of them, so I'm not saying it's exclusive. But in my eyes, I see a team like G2 and Fnatic, and I'm like, you have such experience on both these rosters that the evolutions that you guys go through is now integrating the new pieces, making sure that all of the synergy, all of the teamwork is there, and you guys get better as a team, versus a team like Vitality, which feels that there's still a ceiling to be hit from the individual pieces. Like we saw how much better Cabo Shard got and uh, just the span of like the last three splits, how much better Jizuke is getting and that there still feels that there's improvement to be done on an individual basis. Do you guys think that you have that ceiling still individually? Like does Caps get better as a player just by himself or does G2 only get better through their synergy, how they work together, the strategy, their understanding of the game? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's. I think you can always get better individually, regardless of of everything else, right? But usually, it shows most when you actually improve as a team, and usually, it's not necessarily like huge improvements. Uh, and as you can like see in Fnatic, and as I know before, it can also just be stuff like them having an early game plan that, like, basically the first three minutes they get like a lead, and then they go from there, and then suddenly they look very different than when they didn't get this lead, you know. And so that's like the very obvious signs of like you now you, everyone's going to say, oh, they improved a lot or they look like a lot better. But uh, on an individual level, you can definitely improve as well. And it's just very, like much harder to see that improvement, I think. Um, and even if you say like Vitality might have improved a lot on the players. Kabushat also mentioned it was uh, Morkley suddenly showing up or it was like his mm -hmm. DPI, you know, so <laughs> it's it's also like <clears throat> it's also like team things, you know. Uh, the things that you usually see are usually team things and the things that are maybe a bit more hidden or things that won't show up that often is, is, is what you improve on yourself. 
Of course, this, the the hidden third type, which is your peripheral skincare matter, <laughs> yeah, the, the Cabo Shard buff specifically. Um, but Bob, I'm curious. The same question to you guys uh, on mm. Fnatic are like Nemesis is obviously a very young player. Do you feel like you guys are improving mechanically, individually, mm. in like regards to laning phase, or is most of your improvement right now as a team and just like playing better as a group of five? Uh, honestly, I feel like once you hit a certain point uh, of competition, uh, I think Worlds is a good example. I feel like one on one, you shouldn't be getting any advantages. I feel like this is just, you're just playing the game, you're trying to do what you can to get an advantage, but good players won't give you any edge. Um, I'm going to go to the group stage, Invictus Gaming versus Fnatic, and I feel like that's a good showing of that. Ah, the good memories. Yeah, of course. Um, funnily enough, uh, that good memory could have turned into a really bad one, uh, and I think about this, right, because they played Gragas Aureli in the tiebreaker game, uh, and I realize this is when they pick this duo, is when they mean business. Right, that's when they want to camp and kill top. But I think they made a little mistake because the Irelia had a different name tag. I think that's where things went wrong. Um, jokes aside. Great job, Feshi. What? <laughs> yeah. Ning also whiffed that Grog Assault. And I feel like if he didn't, we could have seen that go really south really fast too. He was, he was quite drunk that day, I think. But, um... Yo, Greg. Yeah, he, Yo, was, Greg he, was, he was, he was, he was. Full commitment to the character, really. Um... That said, um, what I'm trying to point out is that at a certain point, individual skill is is no longer relevant in the sense that you can't get advantages unless the matchup is really, really lopsided. But I just feel like so many professional players have this mentality of... Because I agree to you to an extent that it's like once everyone knows how the matchups work, like I'm supposed to lose this matchup, it's fine, I'll go down 15 CS, but then I'll be able to do this, like know where their win conditions are. But mm. then so many professional players then will stop going for like the crazy outplays because they're like, I can't do that because that's not well, how this works. And the other dude's playing like an absolute banana on the <laughs> other side. Yeah, but I think that's like, even if you do that, like that's what I'm saying. It's like how the matchup plays. Like the Shire, for example, when I played against him for the first time, he's playing Fiora, I was playing the Orgod. I know my champion was not very balanced, but um, you know, he was trying to go ham. You know, he was trying to kill me. He went all in. He tried to like really kill me. And, and, and it got like to a game of inches at that point, right? Uh, happened in the World Finals in the first game as well. Like, it was basically like, do it, does he parry the ulti? Does he dodge the ulti? Like, you know, at that point, uh, Fear Beyond Death connects, he's dead, right? But that's like the idea of the matchup, right? Like, you can push it to that point. You can't push it to the point where I'm, you're going to have to flash my ult or parry it or do whatever. And if you do that, you'll survive. But if you don't, it's not like you're going to kill me. My champion is like too broken or whatever you want to call it. Like, the, the champion is just the way it is. And... What I want to get into is, at that point, it's the jungler, right? Because when you push it to that point, there's something happening. Either there's a flash gone, or you have a teleport advantage, or you have a cooldown advantage on your ultimate, anything like that. And when your jungler is there to capitalize on that fact that you're pushing it that hard, is when you're actually going to win. That's when you're going to so, look real good. In high-tier competitive League of Legends, do you think jungle is the most important role? It's the most important role to make a player shine. I think um, Fnatic was a good example of this in the sense that we were all able to hold our lanes on our own. None of us would break down completely up until that fateful day. <laughs> um, and I feel like that kind of described Fnatic in the sense that, you know, you could leave Caps 1 versus 2 or um, me 1 versus 2 or our bot lane 2 versus 3 or whatever. And the other side of the map would be able to slowly gain advantages without completely breaking down on the other side. However, when the jungler comes in, we're getting big advantages every single place gains an advantage. And I feel like that's what defines a good team. Mm. This is why, for example, a team like RNG, which you love talking about, um, either lives or dies by this blade. 
When he goes bot, the advantages are big. When he goes anywhere else, at the end of the game, they're discussing why didn't we go bot. Well, that really <laughs> depends on which nameplate is going bot. <laughs> oh, yeah, obviously. But, um, you know, then you have games like uh, when Uzi walks into the turret and dies. Uh, well, he... Uh, I don't know, sorry. Did you watch the game against the IG? It tells me so much because... The, was it game three? Uh, it game yes. Three. Yeah. Oh, people people see Uzi and like the Shy and Rookie. And don't get me wrong. Mm. Those players are really good. Jackie Love's yes. a perfect example. They see them at Worlds and like, oh my God, this guy is so incredible. Mm. He's amazing. I'm like, I've watched probably 500 games of Uzi. That guy has done some banana shit. Yeah. Just like absolute peeled and tossed to yeah. the side. Like he is not perfect by any means. Shows up when it counts, which does count for something. But mm. these players are definitely fall uh, fallible. Fallible? Fallible. I mean, I agree. And I think that when, when you're going ham and you're trading those huge cooldowns, it can be either really good or really bad, depending on where your jungler is and what the plan is, right? Because if you're like, and this is why a player like the Shy is as good as people consider him to be, and full credit to him. But when he does this, he's making sure that on the wraparound, his jungler is going to be there. And you're not going to have your flash because this guy made you flash, right? He made you burn the cooldown. And whether he made it, he traded it or whatever, depends on how good you play, right? Because that's what it is. You get tested. Are you actually going to survive? You have to just fight to the death. And the way I want to describe this is a team like G2 is a resemblance in this. Is when you want to fight this guy or a team like G2, when you throw out your fist, you need to be ready to get your knuckles bruised because they're going to fight back. It's not like, oh, we have four people on the bottom side of the map. These guys are going to go on the turret four versus three, and you're going to have to get your knuckles bruised. You're fighting. Do you think G2 is the LEC equivalent of IG? Uh, in that sense, yes. In the, in, in the idea of like <laughs> raw skill and where you feel like you can't actually push any advantages yourself because I feel like this was the, the trouble Fnatic had against the IG in the finals specifically is I don't feel like anyone was confident to just push their advantage, you know, just be the one forcing that. I don't want to like, I'm not, I don't want this guy to go on me and force the flash on me. I want to go on him and force his flash, right? I want to fight him because I have the edge in the matchup. And that comes to the draft in a bit. Like the idea in the draft is there because you need champions that are able to do that. But um, in that sense, yeah, I think so. I think, I think you need to be willing to get your knuckles bruised when you, when you brawl with G2. Now, one, one thing that you kind of brought up was that, like, for the most part, outside of, outside of jungle, right, like, people just kind of they play the role, they go where they're supposed to go. But last year, it felt like Caps, you were the guy that bucked that trend. And you've been a guy that's consistently bucked that trend, where, like, you're expected to, let's say, win a lane slightly or go even. And then you solo kill the guy. And then you kill him again, and suddenly you're like 1k up individually by, by 10 minutes. So um, if it came down to this, if, like, if you're in a position, let's say in playoffs, where, where you can't find these big individual advantages, how do you think G2 performs? Like, do you still feel really confident in you guys' like, whole strength as a team? Because while I won't say that you guys relied on it every game, there are some clear examples where it's like Caps versus the world, and you either make the outplay and G2 wins the game, or like you don't, and it, and it doesn't come through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think... Like thinking back, I don't think I got like huge leads in lane ever. I mean, I've, I mean, I did right, but I don't think I necessarily got like single like solo leads in lane. Maybe I did like every now and then like a few games, but it was not really something that happened a lot. Uh, it's not really something that should happen a lot. I think, uh, as mentioned, it's like if sure I can get ahead if I get a jungle gank or if I get someone to help me or if enemy laner really does something really stupid, you know. But <laughs> you're generally not gonna get like huge leads on your own, um, and I don't think we have necessarily relied on it. Uh, at the same time, I do think that if the game just, like I feel like, the, the way I feel is that we are play really aggressive and we are really good at getting leads. Mm -hmm. But even if the game doesn't go our way, uh, our mid game is, is really good. And I think 
uh, we, I mean, I don't want to say we showed it because these last last few weeks we were really not, we were like we were not practicing as hard. We would, we wanted to to be a bit more relaxed, you know. <laughs> and we it showed in the early game, you know. We felt really far behind against Valtaldi, felt really far behind against Misfits, we felt really far behind against Fnatic, right? And all three of the games, uh, mid game, we ended up like slowing out the game. Sure, some games it was more than others. Like the Fnatic game really went really late. The Vitality game we turned around, and the Misfits game. I think it went like 30-something minutes, even though they had a huge lead, right? Uh, and this is something that I think people don't realize about us, is that our strength is not necessarily just like all inning on early game and just like trying to get a lead and then winning. Um, we, are, we are fine playing from behind, we're fine playing from ahead. Uh, and, and I mean, I just think that if, if we actually get a lead, it's, it's basically over. And if we don't, then we can always like crawl our way back. So I'm curious how, how you feel about the team right now going into your matchup versus Origin as we shift attention to playoffs. Because um, once again, we talk about recency bias. The public, I feel like, is definitely on the side of what the hell is going down with G2. Uh, every pro team that we have brought on here, did Whippo predict G2 to beat Origin 2? Everyone predicted G2. Everyone, except for me and Froskeren, has now predicted G2 to beat Origin. So there is still a ton of confidence there. Um, now, Bwipo did ask for a specific asterisk that it would be 3-1 or 3-2, depending on if Promise Key or Mickey X was playing, which I think is fair. Um, but how, how do you feel about the level of G2? Do you feel like you guys are, like, clear number one still, despite these last few, let's say, more relaxed weeks? Yeah, I mean, so we just, like, started screaming again, right, like, for a few days ago. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, I think we are, we're good. I think we still have a, a way to playoffs, right, because that's still, like, one half week. But I think we'll definitely show up in playoffs. Um... Yeah, you know, I'm like rank one in solo queue, so my, uh, my, my skill, my, my peak is coming, you know. Um, I'd flex, I know, but, uh, but I definitely think that we're going to be able to show up against OG. I like the flex. <laughs> what, but what rank are you in solo queue? I don't even know. Oh. Yeah, it's, not, it's not that impressive, like 160 or something. Uh, I don't even know. It's number one, that's pretty pretty big difference there. Did you guys ever hide your um, solo queue? Because Nuketek was talking about how he's got specific accounts that he tries to keep hidden so he can practice weird picks. Mm. And the, that all three of you, Nukeduck included, have like pretty massive champion pools. Do you guys really go out of your way to try to find those specific counter matchups that you keep hidden away so you can pull out? Depends on what champion specifically. If you feel like it's a champion that the enemy team wouldn't think of, mm -hmm. uh, then yeah, I think it's valuable to do that. But if you think it's a champion that like people are like looking at and they're like, is he actually... You know, like, is he actually going to play this? I think we did this last year in, in summer playoffs against uh, against Schalke. Caps played, like, 10 games before it got. Like, just 10 games before it got. We weren't actually sure if the champion was the real thing, right? It turned out to be the real thing. But we weren't sure, you know, like, are they going to play it? Or uh, whatever, let's just play, like, 20 games of solo queue on it and, and just make them be afraid that we might. And I have a few picks like that if you go on my OPGG profile, right? It's not hidden. Like, for example, Ringar. Am I actually going to play Ringar top? You know, you have to ask yourself, is this guy actually going to do that? And Ivern well, jungle, Rengar top. Think about it. <laughs> no, is, why, I mean? is this why Brox has been getting the chain Ivern bands for an entire season? <laughs> it's really to ban out no, Rengar. Like, no, this is the type of pick where it's like, if you want to throw a ban at it, you're welcome, you know. But what situation am I actually going to pick it in? That's what they have to ask yourself. And, and, and that's the type of pick where you're like, you know what? If they ban it, ah, it's a freebie, right? You get it for free. Um, but... There's certain champions where are really OP, yeah. um, like our god last year, where people aren't actually sure if they're really OP. So you just play them and just make them ban it, or you hide it. If you're convinced the champion is OP, you hide it. Ooh. Because then you come out, game one, you first pick this champion, and the enemy team's like, what the hell? 
now the meta has become pick or ban this champion. Do you think it's more valuable? Because I was just going to ask. Because um, in a best of five, I would be like, why would you? You would just play it game one just to force them to ban it to change ban strategy. Or do you think that you hide something like that to, if needed, game five? Or let's say game three, where it's like, we have to win this. It's time to actually pull out the, the OP champion and give away your trump card. Uh, I think that just depends on the nature of the champion. I think of how volatile it is. I think Victor was a very good example at Worlds. The champion suddenly shows up, and I just played like 20 or X amount of games on it on my solo queue account, you know? It's like, is he actually OP? And then you see Keen absolutely demolish Licorice with it, and you're just like, holy. <laughs> you're like, this champ is not balanced. You know? like, there is no way you can tell me this champion is balanced. Uh, which is why, you know, it, it, it kind of killed all the hype off in that matchup for me, because, you know, when I see Africa Freaks getting 3-0'd, when I see Keen solo killing the guy like five times over two games, I'm just like, all right, you know, I think if I just pick Victor, everything will be okay. Uh, because this champion was just disgusting. So, like, it, it, it goes both ways. Mm. Captain, your experience, like, especially, like, because Nuketuck talks specifically about your matchup, your mid lane matchup, where he thinks that there's, like, these elements of mind games. And I think when we look at mid lane, you and Nuketuck are probably one and two right now. Like, do you feel that? Do you feel those mind games heading in? Like, are you thinking of, like, a million different special counter picks just to fight this guy? I mean, I don't think um, I'm really having, like, that many mind games. I've always, like, had, like, a lot of weird champions to pick sometimes, you know? And, uh, like, to comment on what you said about, like, when you play it, usually you just pick it if it's, like, a good situation, you know? Um, for example, like last year we picked the Vayne in game three. It's not like we picked the game one because like maybe it wasn't a good situation. Uh, not like we picked game two, it wasn't a good situation. But when it, the perfect situation comes, and then also you also have to think, do I actually want to show it, right? And then we just picked it, you know, because, yeah, I mean, I guess we just showed it. Um, <laughs> because sometimes you want to hide things, right? And especially, uh, actually, I don't, want to, I don't want to say anything, but you, you, sometimes you want to hide things and sometimes you want to show it. And if you actually want to show it, then you just pick it when it's actually good, right? You don't want to just mm -hmm. pick it just, just to pick it, you know? Um, but I don't think, I mean, I'm not really like making that many mind games. Maybe like from an outside perspective, it's like, because I play a lot of weird champions in solo queue. Um, but I play a lot of weird champs just to play them because I, like, I want to try them out, see if they actually work. Mm. Uh, but I could imagine that from an outside perspective, it looks like really hard to look at because I'm playing so many weird champions. Like right now, my solo queue is like, if you go on my OVG, it's like a real I mess. I think he's playing top laners mid lane. Like the, the, okay. Last I checked, you were playing like every top laner if, that was OP. And just top lane, honestly. Yeah. I don't want you to, I'm actually re-rolling. I don't actually, I don't top want you to give any special picks away. But for the solo queue mid laners out there, is there anything that's like maybe from last season's pile of cheese picks that you can recommend people trying for fun? Uh, you can also wait until like you guys have you know played it on stage and then share it. Like I yeah, I mean the thing is like if I like if I'm sure I can. Say, I mean that's, I played like the vein mid right and stuff like this, and then you see it's pop up in spring, uh, early spring, and a lot of people playing it. Even other teams from other than EU are starting to play it like in China and Korea. Mm -hmm. um, and things like this is why I, I mean I would never say if I think something's actually good because. Sure, it might not be good right now, but in five months, in a year, in two years, it might actually be yeah. a thing. Right now, so, you could say it, right now you could be trolling, but like three months from now, it could yeah, like exactly, actually be okay. Exactly. That's why I'm just playing everything, and then when something gets meta, I have an advantage, right? Especially, right. especially, it might not matter as much as for like best of ones and like regular season, even playoffs. But when you go to like international tournaments and two days before or semifinals, you find out Victor is super OP, for example, top lane, right? Mm. Then it's like a huge advantage if you actually 
uh, I mean, we were used to play Love Victor, yeah. right? So he's like really lucky in that sense. Yeah. <laughs> but but that basically, like, I want to have that for like as many champions as I can, so that like let's say Ramis made this secret OP, you know, and it turns out that way, then I'm like a, I'm the best at taunting everyone, you know. <laughs> this is actually perfect because we have both Whippo and you, and you guys have again really stupid champion picks sometimes. <laughs> but like Nuketuck talked about how his secret to maintaining such a, a large champion pool was the fact that it was about recognizing what was meta, having those fundamentally there, and then just finding niche counter picks. And then it wasn't about learning every matchup with like the Swain. It was about learning the little Sandra Swain matchup and just the intimacy there. As you guys are maintaining your champion oceans, do you have the mentality of, I just need to learn like against the meta champions? Or are you saying more, I'm going to play everything. I'm going to learn every single matchup, how every champion works. And then that way I'm just indestructible. Yeah, I mean, so I think... Uh, a big thing that people might misunderstand about like big champ pools is not like uh, you look at Nuke Dog or you look at me or something like this and you think, oh, he can play every single champion. I mean, I, I might play, as I was saying, I can play any champion, but I can't play every champion, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, if I want to play a champion, I can practice it and then I can play it. Uh, but it's not like I can play every champion at once. Like, it's not like I'm going to playoffs and I can play every single champion from A to Z. Uh, and if I pick it, then I'm like at the top level. You practice certain things, and that's why people go and check solo because they think like, oh, what is he practicing? Or scrims. I mean, you guys can check that, right? But <laughs> but uh, that's, that's, also why you, that's also why you practice, right? Uh, you practice those things, and then you get really good at certain champions. Let's say Nuke was uh, playing Swain, right? Then he probably played a lot in solo queue, and then he went on stage and played it, right? Uh, it's not like he like one year from now he hasn't played any Swain last year, and then mm -hmm. he just pulls out the Swain and it's like insane on it. I mean, sometimes it is something like that for some champions. Uh, especially like champions that have been spammed to the ground. Like Ariana Sundra was meta for like so long that I'm pretty sure every mid laner can just play it now. Like <laughs> you don't actually need to practice it. But most champions you actually need to practice uh, before you play them. Um, and and that's, that's, like, that's when you can actually play it. Is it, Bupo, is it the same for you? Is it about mastering the champion's intricacies or how that champion fits in like the workflow systems of the top lane? Depends when and where you pick it. God damn it, Bubba, that's a bullshit answer. <laughs> no, it's not. Like, uh, okay, you can tell me, oh, I'm going to pick Twain into Lissandra. That sounds like a, the easiest matchup of my the life. Correct when, I answer. Pick, when I pick Twain blind and people pick Lissandra, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you want to lose the game? <laughs> okay, you can lose the game. <laughs> you know, but when I pick Twain blind, this guy picks Kled. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a difference. I agree, because, you know, mid laners have the uh, privilege of the five pick. <laughs> they get to choose, right? I don't get to choose. When I get told, you're playing Victor, I'm picking it blind. If this guy wants to pick Clad or Jarvan or, or, or Jace or whatever, I'm playing it, right? <laughs> so for me, it's not about, oh, you know, I can get this easy matchup that's ridiculously, like, that's super lopsided. No, I have to play every matchup. But you guys had Urgot for like 10 years. You just like slapped Urgot. You're like, this baby goes for miles. <laughs> yeah, okay, sure. That works. But when it comes to cheese picks like this, right? You pick Swain, you pick your Vic Victor. Because this is what I blind picked, right? Like, this people don't get. I was just slamming these picks. They were my Urgots. You know, I they were like Urgot 2, Urgot 3. You. They were Urgot 2, Urgot 3. You know, they were there just in case <laughs> Urgot got banned. So I think that's a really big difference. I think there's a really big difference between slamming your blind pick, right, which is like a niche champion, and then just challenging this guy, do you play the counter, right? Because we were like, you know, if we blind pick Swine against, uh, against Ray, he's probably going to pick Lud, because this is like one of the champions that is considered okay into it. Um, for example, if you blind pick Victor, we were, we didn't realize it at the time, but when we went back, we're like, 
Jarvan sounds pretty good into Victor. And I think we had like three champions that would just get caged and die by, by to the Jarvan. And then they didn't pick it, right? And you're like, <laughs> you know, but that's some of the things you don't think about when you blind pick a champion because you also open up their weird picks. But you don't think about it. So to come to your point, yes, playing one specific matchup and playing a counter pick specifically into the matchup that everyone is blind picking is a good thing. But it really depends on when you pick it in the draft, you know, because if your your coach tells you, you know, you're picking one, two here, what do you pick? Sometimes the meta just doesn't allow you to pick a meta champion, right? You can't just be like, oh, I'm going to pick Nar here like the last six years, or I'm going to pick Maokai here, or I'm going to pick Urgot nowadays, or like not any longer, right? That's what the nerf happened. And that's when it changed. Suddenly you have to find that other weird champion. And for me, it was Aatrox, right? You saw it. I just, I just picked it and we'll see what happens. Uh, Renekton showed up for that same purpose. Kennen shows up for that same purpose, right? Everyone has their own different pick, and then the matchups evolve, right? They start to change. What do you see into this? Everything changes. And then, of course, you have the cheating is, is, is the flex pick, right? You pick a champion, and you're like, I'll take it if it's Or, or you save last pick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, good way of, it's a good way of drafting, but it evolves from the same idea. Yeah. So, yes, it is good, and it's much easier to practice for one specific matchup if you know the enemy team is probably going to draft it. For example, Wukong into Zoe. You know, we were ready, you know, like, we were playing Wukong for this matchup. Were we ready to play in another matchup? I'm sure Caps was willing to play in another matchup if the situation was good. But if you know the situation is going to be good because you know they're going to pick it, well, of course, it's going to be much easier to execute on this champion. Whereas if you're being told 1-2 or 2-3, you're blinding this champ, you're blinding a champion, find me something. Yeah, I imagine the difference between blind pick Wukong and counter pick Wukong. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty significant. <laughs> Living life on the edge. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, I think we actually blind picked because I think we they've rise. I think they picked rise, and we thought it was rise mid, and then we picked Wukong, and then they actually was rise top. Wait, what? And they last oh, picked Zoe. Wait, 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 what? Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they saw him last picked. Favorite hobby is actually well, I love listening to team comms and listening to team comms when there's like shit tons of flex picks and just <laughs> I'll like quickly swap to the other team. And the other team just like I have no, I think it's going mid. <laughs> really think this guy's gonna play at top? Like it could go jungle. Really think it's gonna be? I don't but, know. But that's why like the, more credit to my gangplank pick, right? Because we know Rise is going top when I pick gangplank. See how that works? Yeah, I, I'm Ooh, taking well, one for the team. Hey, we guys, know it's going. If there. I pick a losing matchup he'll put the rise top <laughs> yeah problem I mean, solved <laughs> the best part is when people are like rise is mid rise is mid and then rise gets flexed to top and then you listen to the comms no one says a word <laughs> <laughs> yeah the coach is like uh <laughs> i think our draft philosophy is like if we don't know where things are going then no one else does just <laughs> <laughs> hey. honestly i'm on the drafts we were just been like completely confused i mean okay not on stage like at least not that much you know True but animal you know, style I mean, honestly been... like when you locked in cassio on four i was like oh you know i saw a rise jarvin i'm like all right, you know, it's one of those games, you know? And then I see Cassio, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's going bottom solution because some people like that, but you never know. You're like, it might be Rise Pot. Like, ugh. Yeah. Ugh. I love Flex Picks, dude. It makes every draft a little bit more interesting. Also, it just makes every color caster look slightly worse at their job because they're like, I... Yeah, they go through the same thing that the enemy team goes. They're like, yeah, he's played this in solo queue. I really think it's going... And I was wrong. And never mind. It's a jungle pick. It can jungle, apparently. It will never get approved, but the broadcast would be so funny if we could just pop into team comms. Like, when some of that bullshit gets... Because like, the players say the... Fu- you guys say the funniest shit. It's so good. I always love when the coach is just like, uh, good luck, guys. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> <It's> set off. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think last year, Dylan did that a few times. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, I remember as well back in the day with like the MF pick against SKT when it was like support, and I just remember they actually showed the comps from like Faker. Yeah. When they picked MF uh, against him, and he was like, "No, no, no, it must be a fail pick. They mispicked. <laughs> There's no way they picked misfortune support, you know." <laughs> and like, I can just remember writing, reading that, and or like watching it, and I was just like laughing so much. The greatest thing is that um, on opposite sides of the bracket, after the MF support pick was picked, there was actually a world. I'm telling this to the audience where Lux support was going to be a massive thing because Lux wasn't revealed to be like the answer to MF support until much later on I think after the world championship but because uh, the team who picked it, I can't remember who it was they were on one side of the bracket and then the team screaming the Lux support as the counter to MF support was on the other side of the bracket all the casters were like checking with scrims like the Lux support it's going to come out and then you kept seeing like every time Lux would get hovered be like, mm. but then it never got played let me know let me drop my knowledge I've done research let me talk never mind Deficio was up to like 3 and like taking down all these he's Lux like watch every yeah. Korean solo queue he's like try, let me watch just scrims. throws out six pages because it never gets played and everyone's like oh well at least solo queue was saved oh god I mean I guess then you have it ready then like we talked about with the the picks I'm hiding in like one year when MF gets picked and someone picks locks into it then you have the notes ready you're like <laughs> that's how it is that's where I'm ready I'm also just I, the, my favorite thing is like weird counter picks that people come up with and seeing if they actually work or pan out focusing back in uh, on playoffs I have, I have a hypothetical question for you Cavs let's say you're third place you know who the fifth place team is. You don't know who the sixth place team is, and you have to pick an opponent. Do you instantly lock Vitality as your opponent, or do you wait to see if it's Schalke or SK? Uh, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I'm not sure actually. I mean, I, I, I think every team has a different matchup into different teams. Maybe uh, I think I've always like respected Vitality a lot. I feel like even when we played against Vitality, like in 2018 spring, we were like more scared of them than, than like G2 and Splice because uh, while we might not necessarily think they're a better team than the other teams, they have like this randomness or like they have like this really aggressiveness where they just like, I don't know, go top and then they hope they get a lot of kills, you know, and maybe they do and then they actually snowball uh, or maybe like they gank mid, you know, we saw Gilly sack a few times as well. Um, oh. <laughs> Whatever Bwipo's answer is after this, I just want this footage cut with the Vitality Fanatic game where at least one game Bwipo's gonna just take it <laughs> and there's gonna be happened, like six people it happened in, in his spring life. it happened in spring I remember uh, I was actually tank- it was the Trogath game it was the Trogath game I remember it was, I think it was the only Trogath game I played in, 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 in spring and I tanked a three man gank at like level five and burned the guy's flash uh, and then I remember the Talia walled behind my turret and the Olaf just ran at me and he solo killed me basically <laughs> So like I was just like in a cage with an Olaf and Natalia, and Kabish was just hitting my tier one, you know. Thinking, like he didn't care, you know. Like I was like, ah, whatever, he's dead anyway. But I was just getting mauled, you know. And I'm just like, all those plates, you know. <laughs> it's literally the Thunderdome. You're literally just like, yeah. well, there's a wall behind me. I'm just a flashless Chogath. This is my life now. He's like the Leonardo DiCaprio cosplay. Is like the bear is just. <laughs> oh god, it's a powerful yeah. visual. But I mean, that's basically like so. I I, I think I. I think Vitality is like scary to play against always because there's always that random factor. Uh, even though a lot of people say like you know how they're gonna do, it's still like they're really aggressive, right? So that makes it uh, kind of coin flip sometimes, and it's kind of scary, you know, in that way. Uh, so I would probably prefer playing against Schalke or Supply uh, wait, or Schalke uh, or SK, SK. yeah, uh, just because I think we would just win probably <laughs> and they so, probably wouldn't like put up much of a fight all right now we've asked literally everyone but fanatic about this i wanted to make sure we got fanatic last but it's now your turn what why, why vitality why like, not tell me give me one good reason why they're, the team they're crazy only performed in best of ones 
you shouldn't take in a best of five. I'm going to tell you this right now, and you're going to give me an argument as to why I'm wrong. Last year, spring, the first best of five Vitality played, they almost lost to H2K. They went to game five, hey, and they might as well have... Wh- that team went on. to semifinals at Worlds, or was it quarterfinals? Wait, what? H2K? Groups? Well, I mean, it, it was HK, but oh, it was like a different well, HK. Oh, no, it, it was a really different <laughs> yeah, HK. Really different. That's like, like, please. No, I got this Reddit comment. Flipper, <laughs> what is he talking about? <laughs> no, like, you know what I mean? Like, they are inconsistent to on a whole new level. I mean, to be fair, they only won that series because the jungler at the time for HDK hard ran it down. He just, I think, well, I can't remember who it was. So, like, that happened, right? Then you go on, you know, we play our best of five, and the only game we lost, which was actually kind of a one game, was when I went 0-6 because they actually just kept coming top and we weren't able to trade anything on the other side of the map, right? You know, if you should, like, I even told Joey, you know, if there's any team we're going to play against, you know, if you give Kabashard five shots at winning the game through top against me, I'm not, like, I'm confident that it's not going to happen like I, even the game where i played yorick right he said i gave up too much right mm. but even with giving up so much you still like did he win the game on his own but no he right, didn't but yeah if your stance is if you give cabochard five shots at me i'm i'm gonna suck a punch in me either way but you could have had whirlip yeah but the thing is is like what do i want well, do i want someone that thinks he's gonna carry the game against me by like picking some random ch- like picking whatever he's gonna pick i don't know and that's that's the cabochard special right you know he's gonna pick lucian top maybe or do I want some guy that's going to blind pick Poppy and, you know, like, pray to the gods, you know? I don't want to have a nil-nil match up top because I play aggressive too. I want to get an advantage too. And He's like, is, if someone's going to explode, <laughs> it's going to be one of us, but there'll be fireworks. <laughs> no, but the, the point is, is just... They're fast dying. <laughs> the thing is, is that it's the only way they can play the game too, right? Jizuke has to be enabled, first of all, because they're not going to win through top with just their jungler. They just don't. Because that's what happened last time we played them, right? They brought their bot lane eventually, but it was too late. The advantages were already created. We were in a pretty good spot. Now, of course, I died, which was a very to a very very telegraphed swap. But <laughs> okay, you can give me, you can play me for that one. But that's what I'm saying. You know, if I'm only dying to really telegraphed plays, what if I don't die to the telegraphed play? Aren't we just? Winning? Yeah, but also, like, a lot of... <laughs> Let me break this thing. You're like, I saw it coming and I died anyway, but next time I won't. Next time so when I see it coming, if yeah, I yeah, don't die. It's, it's just... I don't know. It's just the thing about Vitality is, like, I feel like they they need extra. Like, I it's not like they can just play through one lane. On, like, play through top and win just off of yeah, that advantage. But, but, so the thing is... is that the, the, Before yeah, we go into this, I have to pee so bad. You can go. So you can go. You defense go. here. Yeah, I'm gonna... You just go. Keep go, him go, on go, it. Go, go, go. <laughs> All right. Wonderful. That's... I did that once on the dive, so I can't actually... I can't actually flame her for that. Um... <laughs> So, okay, so here's the thing. is that One of the things that we brought up was, like, but this is a different Vitality roster. How? You, so that's, that would be my question. Do you feel like this is exactly the same as that spring? I mean, I think the jungler is a lot better at playing through top. But, and here comes the but, it's also still the only thing they're willing to do. I'm sure they can play through mid. I'm sure they can play through bot. I'm sure they can do whatever the hell they want. But the last few weeks, they have looked abysmal. You can't tell me otherwise, because they beat our record, and not in a good way. Mm. They took the loss. Yeah, no, and Master look, like I'm, I'm, I'm on the same page with you. That Vitality has. So been in that sense, right? Like, like I can explain why, but at the end of the day, I just told Joey if there's any team that I feel like isn't going to win a, game, a best of five against us, because again, I, I gave them a three-one, right? Because there is a chance. I scratched out the nil because I'm like, you know what? They could take a game off of us, right? They can, but 
Vitality's known for throwing games, you know, and and you know when they start barren and 50-50 it when they're five k gold up, I'm just like, you know, I know the game is gonna go late. Vitality cannot cleanly close out a game. They literally can't. They haven't for a year and a half. Why would they suddenly in this playoffs be able to do it? I know they did it like once or twice or three or four times, but over the course of all the games they played, they can't close out a game properly. They don't do it. Maybe properly is the wrong word, but cleanly. <coughs> you can always punch back. <laughs> Looking at your guys' game against us. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, but you get the idea, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm like, sure Caps agrees with this, no? Yeah, I mean, you, but just, you said yourself so that they're like inconsistent. And at least for me, playing against the team, I would rather be like, uh, like kind of counting on myself to like perform than like are my opponents like their level. You know? Yeah, okay, but th that's my point. I'm, I'm counting on my team to perform because I know the game's going to be 35 minutes. And... I'm super convinced that our players are capable of carrying games at any... Like, I'm going to bring up my Reckless Trump card here. Boom. <laughs> I have Reckless on my team. If the game goes six items, I'm betting on this guy to win me a 5v5 and winning me the game. So, I know Vitality's not going to close out the game. I know they're not. That's a lot of confidence, Bobo. This is a ton. Yeah, I I'm pulling it out. Boom. He's going to win me the game. Hillisang, he's going to find me and engage. He's going to start a fight for me. I'm going to win that game if it goes late. But can you, you can see from an outside perspective why people would look at this and go, this feels like a gamble. Because while you're talking about this inconsistency, <clears> and yes, there is those one, two, three, four games, we have many games you want to talk about where they do close yeah. out cleanly. Vitality are still a super explosive team. And your bet, one of the bets you're making is that if they do get this 5K gold lead, that they are still going to go for the Risky Baron. But what, like, what happens in your world if Vitality are suddenly much more patient, much more controlled? Then, like, but that's what I'm saying. Do you really think they're going to win a game off that? Because they haven't shown to be able to do it. Like, they always go for the explosive play because they don't play slow. They well, don't know how to slow down. Well, what happens if they get a mountain drake and then they just one shot Baron? Uh, and then they just one shot Baron. double lift. The but that's the thing. They can't get a mountain drake because they don't play around bot lane. Like, they just well, Their bot lane is 2B, yeah, 2BX every single game. Like, they're actually being ignored. They pick a hard winning bot lane to not int. But they can still get a mountain drake, like, not in the first, like, 15 minutes, you know? Yeah, of like, course. they get ahead yeah. in the game. I mean, obviously, but I'm saying that if you're ahead on the bottom side of the map, which I think is realistic against Vitality, with, which is how they've been playing the entire split, right? They basically just said, you know, Attila, you can have Lucian or Draven, and I'll see you at 25 minutes, mm -hmm. you know? Just pick a champion that has pressure so you don't int. This is what it looks like, right? Fine. You know? You won't have pressure, and you're going to have to play a champion like that that's not going to scale. And then we know you can't close out a game. Because they've shown not to be able to. All right. I and mean, then, and then the question just becomes: Well, they, do you really want to play like a, an even game, or do you want to play a skewed game where you feel like you're advantaged? Because I feel like I'm advantaged. I, I told Joe, you know, I I put my two cents in. I'm like, look, last time we played, the Kavish had a pretty big advantage, but he wasn't carrying the game. Like he was the leading force, but he didn't carry the game. He didn't actually put the win on the board. So I'm okay with that. Like, I'm okay with taking that on and just being like, you know what? That's I don't think this guy's going to carry. In spring, my first best of five I've ever played, it was the same thing, and he couldn't do it back then. If he's that much better now... I don't know. I just want to see... I didn't feel it. I just really actually hope you guys both play, like, real top laners and just, like, actually go toe-to-toe. -to -toe like, I always play real top laners. The thing is, last year, I, I did it. <laughs> like, you know, I, I was on tank duty playing Gangplank. That was our running meme, wasn't it? Like, Gangplank's a tank because you don't need resources. Oh. My favorite thing about Whoopo, he's like, back in my day, we had to 
go uphill both ways in draft lane. I was blind picking everything. I got last pick. I still had to blind pick. Play wherever I need to go. I have suffered. I will not be no, taken that, out. That's, that's what I said about certain champions just have that. Like That's what I meant, and that's my philosophy, right? Is if I'm good at the game, I'm not going to give you an advantage even if I have a bad matchup. You can have your 20 CS. Uh, or in, in our last case, you're 30 or 40, uh, <laughs> 50. But am I gonna cost? Am I gonna cost my team the game? Not immediately. Well, I like that this is what was really thought out and really well planned, at least. Not immediately going to cost your team the game. And I'm curious to see how that matchup unfolds. Um, as we, we're co coming up on the end here, and before we get into Twitter questions, I do want to ask, uh, I get a little bit of insight on Caps on how you're feeling. There's obviously a ton of confidence from these boys and their vitality. They got to pick their opponent. Now, you, you didn't. And OG seems to be an opponent that the public are really big on right now. All the pros, once again, still heavily in the G2 camp. Um, overall, like, what do you think is going to be the deciding factor in this, in this matchup versus Origin? Uh, I mean, obviously, we hope, like, I hope that Mickey's wrist will actually, like, heal, you know. Mm. Uh, it's getting better, but it's still, like, not that great. Um, but I think even uh, if we play with Promise Q, even if Mickey doesn't play and we play with him, like, if he doesn't, like, practice and we just play with him anyway, uh, I think, I mean, I don't know if that's, like, anything necessarily that's, that's about to decide the game. I think, sure, if, if Nuke Dog gets, like, a really good matchup, uh, if he pops out on, out, up on set, then maybe he can carry, but I think if he doesn't carry, uh, then I don't see how OG will win, because they play like a really slow slow style, and the one time we lost them was because Nuke actually just popped off, but I think like them playing like really slow game will not work against us, we're gonna fight them, and... Yeah, I think we'll distract them to the dirt and we'll win there, you know? That's what I want to see! Dude, I love Clash I mean, of Styles. I agree with this. <laughs> That's why I gave OG a 3-1, because I can't see them winning a clean game. Mm -hmm. uh, honestly, it's completely possible, but I feel like the thing about like playing a slow, clean game like this is there's a lot of openings where OG needs to be incredibly disciplined. And I feel like that's where, honestly, most teams struggle, right? When you're yeah. playing a really clean game, the discipline needs to be there. And obviously, it's easy to play a, a, a clean game against a team that's not going to actually just, you know, drag you to the dirt like we <laughs> just said. But when a team is, it need to be really disciplined or be willing to... I mean, to G2, go G2's the, in, in that team. G2's literally covered in mud looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what saying, you know? buddy. Like, let's go. And, and that's why I can see... That's why I'm giving G2 the edge. But when it comes to just playing a clean game of League of Legends, you know, and you're just looking at playing League of Legends, I think OG's a really good team at that, yeah. right? They're just playing the game. Uh, they, they don't do anything special, but they don't do anything wrong. Can you hand me your brackets really quick? I want to get I want to get one question in on this. Of course, once again, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be publishing the brackets later. That's what I wanted to see. All right, so this is... They both have each other. Though. They both have each other in the finals. That's wow. that's what I like to see, folks. G2 Fnatic in the finals. I mean, admittedly, we predicted Origin to be there, so in order for this to happen, we both have to be wrong, but that's fine. 3-0, um, though. Wait, did G2 put a 3-0? Do you put a 3-0, Caps? So... <laughs> Okay, okay, that okay, one you're okay, gonna have okay, to okay. explain because Blipo said three two at least. Yeah, it yeah. Three one if it's with promise Q. Three one if it's with promise Q. Well, maybe the Astros. Yeah, well, well, okay. But I, I just want to defend my things first because, like, I think uh, Fnatic has been looking really strong. Mm. Is what everyone is saying, right? And I agree. Uh, obviously, Probably you guys not are strong on, like, ten, No, eight eight wins in a row, or something. Yeah, we're, we're, we're 8-0. Eight, eight, eight zero in a row, right? But I also think a lot of the leads come from, as I said, like the early first three minutes. Yeah. And I think if the game is even at uh, at three minutes. <laughs> then I think that they're gonna have a really hard time. Like well, the rest the, the of the thing, game. The thing like, I, that's my counter argument to that is when. So I was watching G2 Misfits, and when I left that game at like seven minutes, I was like, "This one's over." You know, there's no way Misfits win. And then I come back half an hour later, and Misfits win. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean that's what why happened I, there, you know? <laughs> so, like, I, I don't disagree with you in the sense that, yeah, we do get our advantages, but if you really think you can't throw a lead... No, I mean, but that's why I, I throw out the... Throw out my... Uh, we didn't, like, face us hard I mean, that's actually how it is, you know? Like, we weren't oh, trying. Oh. Boom! <laughs> you weren't trying to win the game. Sandbagging. <laughs> <laughs> but that's actually what I'm about. That's but, a rough but, <laughs> but basically, basically what I'm, I'm I'm actually like trying to get is that I think Fnatic has been relying like a lot on their eight wins to like on like early mm. game cheeses, and I think those are worse in best of fives. Uh, even though I still feel like we see a lot in in China, a lot especially. So maybe they can make it work, right? But I think, but I believe that Fnatic will find other ways to oh. other ways to uh, to win the game and as as mentioned like they mm. I mean we always had a strong mid game late game on Fnatic right uh, and I I mean in I wrote free zero for Fnatic against Vitality but I think that series is like free zero either way and I think if Fnatic doesn't change uh, like basically up their game since like the last few weeks I think they will actually lose but that, that's oh I mean I, that's, I, respect I can that. I can respect <laughs> a man who will say that on the table. With a fanatic. <laughs> oh, I mean, I respect it. You know, like, oh, so if we play like shit, we're going to lose. Well, yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I mean, it's just like, I, I, I think, so I mean, basically what I said is like, I think Fnatic has been looking strong, right? But it's like unreliable strong, I feel like. And I think, hmm. I think you guys can up it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you don't, then I mean, I think, like, because as I said, you're going all the way, right? You're like 3-0. It's three one and three two. I mean, I guess it's going like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm. Now they're making the run. Yeah, but exactly. They're making the run, or I think they're just gonna get free zero. It's uh, and maybe they take a game right, and maybe they're gonna go free one. And now everyone's gonna say, "Oh, but you said free zero, and they got free one." But <laughs> but I think um, I think an element of this is that so many people just look at it as like vitality versus fanatic, splice versus fanatic, origin versus fanatic, as opposed to fanatic have to play. How many best of fives is that? So many best of fives. That's like four best of fives. Twenty max games. And I think when you look at it in that scope, that's more games than your entire split possibly to make this run. Do you guys have 20 games worth of... Of gas? Gas. I mean, I've got a lot of gas to give, that's for sure. No, I think at that point, um, I mean, I agree, right? It's a tough, it's a tough run. But uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's a marathon. You know, it's a marathon for us, right? We need to get there to the end. And... Along the way, a lot of small things can change and, and, and be different. And I feel like that's where we have our advantage in the sense that, like, I think I'm flexible enough as a player to randomly pull out a champion that's going to pull us a win and, and, and shape the meta a bit. I feel like Reckless, Hillisang, Broxa, like, we're all just... Even Nemesis, right? He's, like, the least tested in that sense. But I'm confident that when, when we get to the best of five stage, adaptability is going to be one of our strengths. Like, we're going to be willing to just change our draft snap. You know, like, okay, this didn't work yes, out. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you said that, I, I laughed a bit. The, yeah, yeah. I was like, like, yeah, you okay, just said, I wasn't going to say anything, but you're Zoe, like, Cassidy, he's I'm got like, Zoe. He's got the Cassidy. Like, what? No, Cassidy is one of his best picks. It just didn't work out for us because we, we're not very good at playing around the champion like that, uh, I'll be honest. Or we weren't, at least. At the um, but this is what I'm saying, is that we're willing to just change. And if we feel like, oh, you know, we need more scaling here. There's none of us that are going to be like, I can't play this matchup. It's too hard. Mm -hmm. We're just going to be like, let's go. That's what I want to hear. Um, so, we have one thing left to do, and it is Twitter questions. This first one I want to give to you, Caps. Now, Perks was supposed to be here to defend himself. <laughs> But he's not, which is part of the reason why I'm going to ask this question. I spent I, all of this time looking up. I'm going to do two Twitter questions. And quick, this, no, back it's fine. To back. No, fine. We're going to get, get two, and they're both basically the same question. First from Casper at X Chuddy. Um, you versus Perks, Yasuo 1v1. Who's the better Yasuo? Well, um, I mean, 
I think it's pretty obvious. Uh, I think I would I would definitely take the take the Yasuo one. Um, I know he thinks a different way. I can say say the that same much. Good G two content piece right there. Yeah, that's the, that one's free. No Where does Yasuo go? <laughs> Mid lane. Mid lane. <laughs> <laughs> you guys will get that later. Um, second question from Gary the Carry. Uh, who plays the best rise on G2? And why is it Wonder? Is what he says. But is it you? Is it Wonder? Is it Perks? Who's so the we were actually like looking at these. Like, I'm, okay, we looked at them yesterday. I'm sorry. But we looked at them on Twitter, the questions, and we were like laughing about them, you know. And I think everyone is like really confident in their own rise. <laughs> so again, I'm going to say it's my rise because I'm the one here. But uh, if you ask any of them, then they'll say their rise. Um, so I guess not, I mean I guess a rise one one is like not as hype as a Yasuo one one. That sounds kind of I mean, like rise one one sounds really troll. <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can go on Baron Pit and procure some. Actually, that's a good one. It's like Mundo, but with rise. You have all these questions prepped. No, you took my Twitter questions. What <laughs> I was gonna say. No, I have a statement though. So many people because we were talking about like MVP votes later on, and Perks' names always comes up. I don't think Perks will get MVP. I think it is worth putting him up there because making that role swap is hard. But uh, just to offer some Whippo support, no one was like. Whippo for MVP for the role swap there. So like Perks is reinventing the goddamn wheel here. I mean, that's just life, you know. I mean, I feel like honestly, the reason why like there's no chance, uh, there was no real chance for me to get MVP that split was because I feel like Caps was obviously getting all the attention. I mean, at some point, I, I think I think we all identified with having three solo laners and, and two junglers in that split. <laughs> so <laughs> so it was kind of hard for me to look good, you know. Like I'm laning two versus one on on the ch- the meta of the week, you know. It was like I think we had a, every week we had a new pig bot lane for me ready. You know, uh, Victor came out, Galio came out, except with less success than the others. But yeah. I think I played like seven unique champions in like eight games or something i would just play a new champion every week so in that sense you know uh, full credit to caps for, for that split caps who's the better bot laner perks or Bwipo? <laughs> <laughs> he's got to say perks he's on that team well you think about it we just won't we you don't have to say anything i mean let me let me ask him this question how many times do you get your support now that you're playing with perks well um i mean i mean i am not a, Mickey played Pike. <laughs> he did play <laughs> but how many times did he come mid compared to when I was playing? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Huli did go mid a few times. Um, that's fair. But I think, uh, I mean, I think obviously Weibo was. I mean, obviously Weibo was a bot laner, right? And I think a lot of the reason that uh, he, people didn't put him in the MP board and stuff like this was also because you were like, I mean. You were bot lane, but you were like not really bot lane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like uh, Lucas uh, actually, like Perks is actually like a, an AD carry now, you know. Yeah. And and Weibo, I think, I mean, everyone, I guess, probably thought that it was like a matter of time, right? Like yeah. I don't think anyone expected Weibo yeah. to play yeah. uh, AD carry next what year, you, you know. And we're, and we're ready. G two bands are. Yeah, yeah, the Zaya was like, ready. ready to go. Zaya kind of sick. Yeah, perfect. We're perfect. All right, one final question before we close out from Scandi perspective at Scandian Via. It almost looks like Scandinavia, but it's not. Scandinavia. Uh, for Bwipo, just in case you do manage to get a word in, do is capitalized here, love it. Uh, you had a couple very good games, but Wonder Vizichachi still seemed to have your number. This is two questions, I guess. But I just want to get to the last one, which is, do you still do you consider yourself like a carry top laner? Is that like, if you had to define your style, are you a carry top laner? Or, or in this case, this is their example, are you more a master of tanks like Soaz? Like, how would you master define... Master of tanks. Well, that's like two polarizing I things. feel like if Soaz heard himself be described as a master of <laughs> master tanks, Master of tanks. <laughs> Kai oh, King. I just want to, you like, you like mumbled it a bit, but I heard Vizichachi in there. Oh, yeah. I don't so know we, when Vizichachi had my number this split, because I remember the, the Jace Cannon game, he did not have my number, and then the next game we played, I do believe he died one versus one, which is a solo yeah. kill. No, I was kind of glossing over that, but the other half of the question is, uh, 
from this guy's perspective, Wonder and Visichachi do seem to have your number. <laughs> How? <laughs> like, Wonder, fair play, you know, the guy's on me, right? Like, <laughs> you can, he can have it, you know, like, whatever. Play Jason Oren and play GP in her eyes, sure, you know, like, I agree. He but beat me. His puppy is better. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, Visichachi's puppy is better. <laughs> yeah, right, that's why. But, you know what I mean? All right. Anyway, the, to answer the question, am I a carry top laner? I think I don't think you're a carry top in the sense you pick a carry champion, you carry top. You know, like if you're playing Orin and you're pushing like a madman and you're just like fighting everyone, you're carrying from top lane too. You know, like <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess. So. so are you a carry top laner? I mean, I'll fight like a madman and try and push advantages. That's for sure. So I guess in that sense, I'm not a master of tanks that just sits behind his turret and waits for his team to come or something. Uh, I don't know. All right. Well, that's it. That's all we got. Uh, we're literally almost out of room on our memory cards. We've gone for so long. So I appreciate you both uh, taking the time to come. Um, good luck to both of you in your dream playoff run and your matchup in the finals, which you've both agreed on seeing. So we'll see you uh, there. We can handshake on that one. Yeah, handshake. See, see, you see, see you in the finals. All right. Yeah, I, I, I put free zero. You put free two. So maybe we like <laughs> settle like free one plus. <laughs> uh, we'll see. <laughs> Depending on who's on stage. <laughs> Um, well, it depends how many cheeses we can pull up, apparently. <laughs> and we, of course, there's a bet video coming out later this week. The Yamada bet is finished. We're going to show that video later this week. We're also going to have playoff graphics for everyone's predicted playoffs runs. Uh, and, yeah, that's going to do it for us here on the second half of the playoff special. Thanks once again to you guys for joining. Thanks to the Vitality Boys who were on earlier. Uh, otherwise, thank you for watching. This has been Euphoria Season 3, Episode 11. 11. 11. 11. 11. Later.